just when you thought it was safe to go onto iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the Matrix. Welcome to another episode of the Next Level Guy Show podcast with your host, Ian Dawson Mackay. Today's guest is Order Man founder, Ryan Mickler. He's a father, husband, and Iraqi combat veteran. And in this episode, we discuss modern men, masculinity, and how to be a great man and one worth remembering. But first, a quick word about our affiliates. Next Level Guy has some amazing deals with some awesome companies. To see the exclusive listener deals, discount codes, and special offers, simply go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. That's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates. I'd highly recommend picking up a copy of Tools from Titans book, that's from Tim Ferriss on Amazon, a Razor subscription from the Dollar Shave Club, or Alpha Brain from Onnit.com. If you want to build muscle and learn to be great in the gym, you need to also check out The Lifting Lyceum by Greg Nichols and Omar Isaf. You'll find the links on the affiliates page. And now, to the interview with Ryan. Hope you enjoy it. Um, well, thank you very much for taking the time to do this, Ryan. Really appreciate it. If we were to have met a party and asked you what you did and who you were, how would you answer? Yeah, so, uh, well, first and foremost, I'm a father. I mean, that's primarily how I, uh, how I look at myself and my role and the reason that I'm on this planet. So uh, outside of that, uh, I run a men's uh, lifestyle blog, podcast, whatever you want to call it. And my goal is to help men become better men. And my goal is to help my kids become self-sufficient kids and, and be there and the type of husband I want to be for my wife and all the ways I want to show up in the world. Great answer. Um, I, well, I love your site, but could you go a little bit into what you consider masculinity and manliness to be? Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's a that's a tough question because I've asked over a hundred men now what that means, and I've got a hundred different answers. But at the end of the day, I think being a man is being uh, pr- uh, responsible and accountable for yourself, and it's also being accountable and responsible for those you have an obligation for. Uh, in my example, it's my wife, it's my children, it's my community, it's my employees, it's my neighbors, and uh, I think what makes a man is somebody who's a protector. He protects himself. He protects those who cannot protect themselves and uh, the, his loved ones. He definitely provides, provides financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and he's a presider or a leader over those uh, those domains he has in his home and in his business and his community. So those are all things that, that make a man, and that's a very quick answer to that. But uh, if I had to sum it all up together, that's what I'd say. And do you think they're exclusive? Do they work in conjunction? Does one pr- produce the other, or how how are they connected? You mean the roles of masculinity, or well, with, or what specifically? With masculinity and manliness, do you think they're the same thing, or you know, is one part is like masculine part of manliness? I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's a that's a really good distinction and one I hadn't really heard of or even thought about quite honestly up until recently I did an interview with Brett McKay with The Art of Manliness and so so I'm not going to take credit for this answer but I wholeheartedly agree and what he said is that masculinity is the energy that we as men possess uh it's it's violence it's aggression it's competitiveness it's it's strength it's all those things that we generally consider to be masculine traits and characteristics uh, left unchecked, they can create and wreak havoc in the world. And so manliness, uh, for the distinction, is the ability to harness that masculine energy and power 
into a common good. And so whether that's raising your family, uh, whether that's starting a business, whether that's serving in your community, however you want to show up in this world, manliness is about harnessing the masculine power in a way that's effective and productive for yourself and, and those around you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting to see when I ask that question, some people start talking about masculinity, some people talk about ma- uh, you know, manliness, and it's interesting mm-hmm. to see where they come from. So how do you think uh, like a boy becomes a man? Um, you know, back in the tribe days, they would go away and kill an animal to become a man. But we don't have that in modern day society. How can a guy listening to this, you know, become, know that he's a man? Yeah, that's difficult because you're right. We don't have those modern day or, or, or the equivalent of what uh, those those rituals used to be in the modern day. Uh, so you have to create those things. You have to uh, – uh, I don't want to say fabricate. That's not the right the right word. But you do have to craft those rituals for yourself and for the boys, the young boys in your life, specifically my three boys. And I coach baseball teams within the community. So you have to put yourself in difficult situations because at the end of the day, what separates me from – my boys, for example, is, again, the ability to take accountability and responsibility for my own choices. If I were to look at my boys, for example, they are still boys. Uh, they don't have much responsibility. You know, They've got to do some chores and, and some things around the house. Uh, they don't have much accountability. They might get in trouble if they don't get the chores done or walk their dog or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, they don't really have a lot of responsibility, uh, which is why we see – Grown men, you know, 30, 40 years old, still living in their parents' basement, playing video games, not taking any accountability or responsibility for their lives. And these are these are not men. They're boys still, even though they may be 30 or 40 years old. Uh, it's the same reason why a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old boy turns into a man because his father dies or leaves for whatever reason, and now he has to step up and help provide for the family. He now has an obligation to be responsible and accountable to other people, and so he becomes a man sooner. But as far as creating this for yourself, it's about putting yourself in difficult situations. And I always make the distinction that it's not dangerous situations. That's not what we're looking for here. But we're looking for difficult situations. Uh, Last year, for example, I competed in a 60-hour endurance event. Uh, that was brutal. I mean, it was it was rough, and there was times that I wanted to give up mentally and physically and emotionally. But I bore down and I made it through it. And because I made it through it, it gave me a new frame of reference for how I wanted to show up and how I'm going to be more fully a man in my life and the people I care about. So if you can find situations, you can find scenarios that are difficult, that push you past your comfort zone, that create a new frame of reference for you to judge all your actions and decisions and behaviors off of, uh, those are the types of things that make you a man quicker and more effectively. And for those people listening, why is it important to become a man? You know, why is it important to have that father figure? Why can't we just stay boys or, you know, in between for the rest of our lives? What damage does it do to us in society for us not to develop into man and men? Well, so there's two angles we could take on this. One is mediocrity. You know, everybody's had been has been complacent in their life at some point. Everybody's been comfortable and 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 living this mediocre life. And the reality is is that if you can't accept full accountability and full ownership and responsibility for your life, you're always going to live somewhat mediocre. You're never going to go out and you're never going to do the things that uh, that you should be doing. The other side of this is if you if this this masculine energy which does not go away and it continues to develop in boys is not checked, we we run into Lord of the Flies type scenarios. Have you read that book, Lord of the Flies? Yeah, that's a great book. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you run into that, right? And so these boys are running around with this masculine energy, and it's not harnessed. They don't know how to harness that energy to create good in the world, and so they end up doing horrible things. And we see that in society. It's the reason we have gangs. It's the reason we have violence. It's the reason we have drug abuse. It's the reason the, the prison system, in America anyways, is, is, is run rampant with men who grew up without fathers in their life. Is this always a scenario? No, because I grew up without a permanent father figure in my life, but I'm, I'm an exception rather than the rule, and I think there's so many boys that are growing up without these fathers and they're running into criminal activity. They're running into drug addiction and drug problems and then there's just perpetuating the problem. So this is going to get worse and worse. Violence, drug addiction, uh, domestic abuse is going to continue to get worse until men realize how to step up fully in their homes and be the type of fathers that society needs. So what do you consider, I mean, I love that answer, absolutely brilliant answer, but what do you think makes a good man? You know, how can we ensure that the next generation start resolving this issue and start, you know, raising young men to be great, you know, great future role models for others. Sure. It comes down to leadership. You know, if you look at, I think traditionally what we look at as, as a parent and maybe not traditionally, but maybe society would have us believe that a father's job or even a mother's job is to protect our children. Right. And so we give participation trophies to every little child that, that, that happens to show up to a baseball game. Uh, we, we keep them from anybody getting upset at them or heaven forbid they, they become offended or they do something and, and, and they actually get in trouble for it. And there's no discipline and guidance and direction. Uh, and, and they get in the real world and, and they get slaughtered because they've never dealt with real world scenarios. And so I think a parent's job, to your point and your question, is that we as men need to allow our children to fail. We need to allow our children to flounder a little bit. And we need to give our children opportunities to lead, to lead within the family, to lead on a, on a hike that they may go on in the afternoon, but to give them opportunities to figure out things on their own and to get banged up and bruised and beat up and realize I didn't die. And so they come back more resilient and tougher. And the more that you can expose your children to hardship and heartache, again, not danger, uh, you you want to keep them protected. Of, that is part of your job. But the more that you can expose them to setbacks and to show them the strength they already have within them to overcome those setbacks, the better leaders they are going to be when, when they get in the position of leadership or they have an opportunity presented to them in work or in their own family or community. Yeah, I mean, that's – there has been generations of men, you know, strong and dominant and – like worthwhile men do you think modern men have lost their way of being men and we're not as good as like past generations like our grandfathers and great-grandfathers well part of the reason is because if you look at society in general we we have become weak and we've done it to ourselves uh, we we're constantly looking for opportunities to be more comfortable now we're constantly looking for opportunity to be more secure. We're looking for ease and comfort and this passive life. And Teddy Roosevelt refers to it as the strenuous life. And, and, and we don't have that, right? Everything is easy. You're hot. Okay. Turn the air conditioning on. You're cold. Turn the air conditioning off, you know? And so, uh, we can, we can drive places in a matter of hours that would have taken days or months, a hundred years ago. And so we have this life of ease, and it's, it's not bad, it's good, but this is why I go back to the scenario that we need to deliberately put ourselves in difficult situations. The other side of this is, I mean, we live, we live in a different time, right? The odds of you getting into a gun duel at 
sunset is is not not going to happen, right? Uh, you're not going to have to battle for your life for the most part, and that's that happens very relatively a few times compared to what it might have happened 100 years ago. So we don't have this warrior embodiment of what it used to be to to be a man. Um, even wartime to a degree as well. And I spent some time in Iraq and it's and it's different than it was 50, 60, 70 years ago. So I think we just need to adapt and I think we need to take that warrior mindset and that resilience and fortitude and grit and toughness and resolve and all the things that we think about when I, we talk about our grandfathers and apply that to modern times and how we're going to approach uh, technology and the work that we do and communication with our kids. There's just ways to adapt those masculine qualities to help us thrive in in a modern world. Yeah, because we live in a life where it's excuses, it's always someone else's fault. We never take accountability for what we're doing. Um, You know, like when I spoke to Kyle Ingham um, from The Distilled Man on one of my podcasts, Mm -hmm. we were discussing issues of like, you know, the lack of skills that's passed on from father figures to sons. What do you think are the essential skills that every man should know? You know, is there such a thing as an essential set of skills, or is it quite unique to your race, religion, location, etc.? Uh, well, no, I think there are some skills that that every man should know, and and you've got hard skills and you've got soft skills, and hard skills are the ones that are very easy to measure. Like, can you change a tire? Right? Can you do the basic electrical on your house? Can you throw a baseball? Mm. Those, or or can you? Uh, evaluate somebody who's in a medical crisis. Yeah, you know, like if they're if they're hurt or they get in a car accident, are you going to be able to know how to respond to that? That's important. Can you handle a firearm? I think that's important because the odds are you're probably going to come face to face, not maybe staring down the barrel of a gun, but at some point you'll be exposed to a gun. Do you know how to handle yourself? Are you physically strong? Can you lift weights? Do you know how to run? Do you know how to do all these things that are probably going to serve you at some point in your life? Uh, those are the those are the hard skills that I do think every man needs to know. Now, the soft skills, they're a little bit more difficult to quantify or measure, but when you talk about soft skills, I'm talking about the ability to be compassionate, uh, the ability to show empathy, the ability to communicate vision effectively, to articulate what it is you want, to be assertive in your communication. These are all soft skills that are harder to develop, but equally, if not more so, important, especially in this modern world. Yeah, I mean, I just I love that kind of thinking. It's, you know, there's unfortunately there's too many people who think that to be a man you've got to fight, you've got to drink heavy. What do you consider a real power? You know, like what's real masculine power to, in your opinion? Knowing what you want and doing it. That's that's what it is. You know, I, I, you talk about drinking. I don't drink. That doesn't make me less of a man because that's just not something I want. Is somebody who drinks in my mind less of a man? No, that's their choice. But at the end of the day, what defines you is your ability to know exactly what you want, what you want in your relationship with your kids and your wife, what you want in your work, what you want in a career, what you want out of life in general. And and this is probably more important than knowing even what you want is your ability to act on those desires, your ability to move forward, your ability to take action, your ability to display courage when things get difficult or they're scary or somebody says something, heaven forbid, that offends you, your ability to move forward, to drive on, and to accomplish the mission at hand is what makes you a man. Because that's where the site like um, nextlevelguy.com came from, was that 
you know, I'd, I'd seen it as BS, that fact that if you weren't going around shagging, if you weren't going around drinking heavy, spewing up, that you weren't a man. And I knew there's more to life in it. It was that investigation, and you realise there's so many people who are looking for more, but they just don't know where to go. And I think that's our problem now. We're, par- you know, we're paralysed by the amount of stuff and the abundance of options and things like that. And we've kind of lost our way, and I completely agree with what you say on your site. We've forgotten how to be men. So mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of military history and past civilizations, you know, like the Roman Empire, Spartans, etc. Do you look at any of those kind of people, like Caesar or like certain kings or, you know, warriors from other past civilizations as great role models to you? I mean, do you take anything, any concepts of their culture? Well, it's really it's a that's a difficult one because it's hard for me to resonate with, right? Like it's hard to resonate with how a Roman soldier lived his life. I mean, it's so uniquely different than the way that we live ours that it's just not really something I even can fully appreciate or know what they uh, went through. But I know even looking back sixty, seventy years, these uh, military soldiers and war heroes and the amount of grit and toughness, just toughness, physical, mental, emotional toughness is something I strive for every day. And I've never been in a position that I know these guys 50 years, 100 years, thousands of years ago have gone through. But man, like if I can only display an ounce of courage they possessed, I would feel pretty, pretty comfortable with myself. You know, you think about in America, you think about uh, our ancestors traveling across the plains, for example, and, and and taking years and years to get where they want and losing children and losing parents and losing loved ones to storms and, and frostbite and, and freezing, harsh, brutal conditions. And this stuff is just something we don't fathom, but it's still admirable, and I hope that all of us can take that warrior spirit and that grittiness into our everyday lives when things get difficult for us. So who would you look to? You know, When I created this site, I looked at guys in the fictional world, the entertainment world, and looked at their, you know, what made them good men and tried to act more like them and wrote about it. So who do you look to as a role model in your life? Yeah, well, that's a good question. I mean, you talk about fictional characters, like one that, and I'll and I'll talk about uh, real real characters as well. But like Batman, you know, think about Batman for example. Like he, to me, is the embodiment of masculinity. Yeah, he's got a lot of money, but at the end of the day, he doesn't have any superpowers. He's he's an ordinary kind of regular guy, right? And yet he takes this thing, bats the things that he's most afraid of. And he completely flips the script and decides to make that his strength. And he embraces that fear and he embodies that courage to go out and face something that other people won't face. He sees a problem with the world and he addresses that problem in the way that he knows how and he becomes bigger than himself. That's pretty cool. Like that's that that, that to me again is the embodiment of uh, of masculinity. But you know, there's other historical figures I look to. Teddy Roosevelt, and I think everybody listening to this could probably attest to that as somebody who embodies this masculine energy and this manliness and this presence and the embodiment of what it means to be a man. He's adventurous and uh, he's willing to stand his ground and he's willing to fight for what he believes in. Uh, George Washington is somebody I've also studied quite a bit, and, and his ability to lead uh, the, the American Revolution is is incredible to me, and the insurmountable odds that he overcame in order to uh, create something that he had a vision of. And when he could have taken power, 
he decided, no, this is not for me. And he showed a, a, a level of humility in that he did not want to rule the way that he had been fighting against. So there's a lot of historical figures I fall on as well. I mean, I'm a big Batman fan as well. I like Wolverine. Yeah. The, like, sure, yeah. The film Limitless. You know, there's so many amazing guys, but unfortunately, a lot of the strong guys are always shown to be the bad guys, you know. It's, but Batman was great because he he deals with his own demons. He doesn't let something defeat him. Um, so say if somebody's listening to this just now, they're feeling run down, they don't know where to start. You know, what three tips would you give them to get off their arse and go for the life that they want? Yeah, so I've never met a man who didn't have an idea or a vision for the future. So even if somebody's down on themselves or in the trenches, I bet that they would still have an idea. I bet that they at least recognize to some degree they aren't happy with where they are. And if that's the case, I'd suggest that you find, find men, whether it's listening to a podcast or reading a book or finding local guys where you can connect with and they're having success and they're doing the things that you want to do – just be around them. Just be around them. Be present. Spend time with them. Go out and do the things that they're doing because a lot of the way they think and behave and act is going to rub off on you. We've all heard the adage, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. And so if you can find and surround yourself with other successful men, that's what I've done in my life. And every time I find somebody to hang out with who is successful, I inherently become more successful or I inherently learn something new about life or myself that I didn't know before because I couldn't see it. So I would, I, I would say that's step number one. Step number two, morning planning. It is critical that every single morning you plan. And some guys will say, Ryan, I don't know what to plan. It doesn't matter. Just get up out of the bed, do some planning, think about what you want, visualize what that looks like, and write down a handful of goals, some things that maybe you just want to accomplish today. You know, maybe it's just, I want to do 10 push-ups today. Cool. Write that down. Maybe it's, I want to ask for a raise or a promotion. Great. Write that down. Work towards that. Uh, it might be, I just, I want to connect with my wife. Good. How can you do that? Uh, maybe I can just tell her I love her a couple of times a day, or I can read The Five Love Languages, which is a book about how to connect with your significant other in a way that's meaningful to them. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do, but planning, daily planning is critical. And then the third component that I would suggest, and there's an infinite number of things we can talk about, but third is what I call an after-action review. And so there's just not very many people who do this after-action review. And the after-action review is basically sitting down at the end of every engagement, encounter, activity, exercise, conversation, or day, and asking yourself five very simple questions. Number one, what did I get done today? Number two, what did I not get done that I would have liked to have gotten done today? Number three, what did I do well? Were there some areas that I really excelled? Number four, what did I fall short on? What can I improve and, and, and where did I fall short? And then number five is what can I do better tomorrow? And, and that gives you the ability to think, to visualize about how you're going to be better tomorrow than you were today. That, that's a fantastic answer. I really like that way that you, know, you analyze the day you looked at the strengths and the weaknesses, and then you you know prepared it for the next day. And I think that's the biggest problem is so few guys have a plan for what they want to do. They just get up, go to work, watch TV, go back to bed, and you know they have something burning deep inside them. But it's easier just to stay in the shadows, and it's it's a really unfortunate way of looking at the world. Um, and can somebody do this by themselves? You know how important are friends, and what if you don't have? a good selection of friends or you've just moved to a new area 
how can we find that band of brothers you know that strong brotherhood yeah i mean you can't you you can't do it on your own because you're you're in the box right and you don't know what lo- what it looks like outside of the box you don't even know you're in the box and you are and and you can't do this completely by yourself which is why you need to expose yourself to new information and new people and and surround yourself with those who are going to uplift you if if somebody dropped me in the middle of a city and said, go find friends, go engage, go go be sociable, uh, I would just jump online and I would find an activity that I enjoy doing. Maybe it's hiking, maybe it's shooting, maybe it's whatever, pick camping, whatever, pick something. And I would start looking for groups in my area that do those things. So I'd go look for a shooter's club or I'd go look for, uh, you know, I'd, I'd go to the um, – like the camping store, you know, the outdoor store and, and see if they have any events. And I'd start mingling with the people and the men who are interested in what I'm interested in. Uh, meetup.com is a great place to go to find very a lot of events with, with people who are very interested in what you're interested in. There's so many resources if you just show a little initiative and self-start and say, where are these people that I want to be around and how can I put myself in, in their path? Uh, conferences are another great avenue. I, I didn't really believe in conferences and retreats and these experiences and events up until about a year, year and a half ago. But I can tell you the, the relationships that I've made through these conferences have has been invaluable. And I just would not be the same place as I am today if I would not have gone to these conferences and, and these things that I'm interested in. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of meetup.com myself, and I, yeah. I always say to people, you know, if you've got the problem, you can Google it, because you can imagine 10,000 other people have had it. We're very lucky nowadays that we can just type something into our computer and have access to millions of opportunities and pieces of information. So I one thing I did find when I researched you was you seem an amazing father figure to your kids and you know you talk about them the virtues of fatherhood and you know they seem to be growing to be awesome well little people <laughs> i don't really know them but what can we do to be great fathers you know how can we make sure our kids are, are raised to be not strong but you know great human beings yeah well i appreciate the compliment first and foremost i i try to be that way and i know i fall short every single day uh, but it, but it is something that I that I strive to do. So I appreciate you recognizing that and saying that. Uh, as far as what we can do for our children, I think it's showing empathy, which is definitely something I I do struggle with. It's hard for me to be empathetic. It's hard for me to be compassionate at times. I tend to be more on that drill sergeant side of things. Uh, but I but I think being empathetic and understanding where they're coming from is important. Uh, I don't think a lot of the times we as fathers give our children as much credit as they deserve. And we talk down to our children a lot, and we ask them to follow us without being worthy of them following us. Uh, so I think you being humble and trying to learn from your children is critical. Giving them opportunities to present and, and lead and, uh, and and take charge every once in a while I think is important. The, the big one that I think more men need to do, myself included, is just to be present, just to be fully present. We have these cell phones and computers and all the technology that we have that connects us so well to people across the globe, but we have a difficult time connecting with our children across the dinner table. And uh, I think if you can turn the device off, you know, yesterday, for example, my son had a baseball game and throughout the whole game, he was just down on himself. He was just like, he just looked like he was just kind of emotionally exhausted or beat up. And I'm like, what, you know, what's going on with him today? And so we got done with the game, and, and, and he was down. I said, you know, son, let's just go do something 
with us, just you and me. And I've got three other kids, which makes it difficult, but it's just how it has to be. And, and he said, okay. So we went, we just, we watched the, the, the baseball game together, the next game. And then we went and had some dinner at a little fast food place here in town. And I didn't ask him what was wrong. I didn't, I didn't try to get anything out of him. I just simply talked with him about school and baseball and the things he likes and the things that he doesn't. And he came back and his attitude and his demeanor was a complete 180 uh, because I had taken time and I had put my device away and been present fully with him. And I think that's something all men can strive to, to do a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I notice myself sometimes it's the addiction to the phone. It's it's like we sometimes forget how to speak to people. And mm-hmm. just that taking that time just to be with somebody, it can make such a difference. I mean, I really like that answer. And so many people need to re, you know learn to reconnect and is it the same for our partners, like our wives, girlfriends, or you know whatever sex that a guy's interested in? Is there do those same kind of tips apply to how to be a better partner, lover, friend, etc.? Can you utilize them the same way? <coughs> yeah, I, I think so. I mean, wholeheartedly. You know, you've you've got to be present. You've got to be there. You've got to be available. I think in addition to that, you've got to continue to date your your spouse. Too often we win her heart, and then we think, oh, just because we won her over, now we can coast, and and that's where we fall into trouble in our relationships, and that's where, you know, she she comes to you one day and blindsides you and says, I'm not in love with you anymore, or I want a divorce. It's, it's like you never courted her, you stopped courting her when you thought you had won her. Uh, so instead of that, what I would suggest is to continue to court your wife, continue to be present for her, continue to treat her like you treated before you got connected, uh, continue to date her, and all of these things, and this all comes back to being present, all of these things will ensure that you have that thriving, that successful marriage. I've been married this year for 13 years. Uh, nine years ago, my – yeah, thank you very much, yeah. Uh, nine years ago, my wife and I went through a separation because I was doing the exact opposite of what I'm telling you to do right now, and it was through a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of communication and – hardship and struggles and conversations that we ended up salvaging our marriage. But I try to be present. I try to date her. I try to court her as often as I can. And it's made all the difference in our marriage. And do you think that changed your outlook of what it was to be a man? You know, how do you, do you get guys that come to you with that kind of complaint? Or is it they're not able to connect with their children? Or, you know, is it that they don't have confidence in themselves? Do you, what do you see as the standard problems that your audience typically raises to you? Yeah, so the, the confidence issue is definitely a big one. I see a lot of confidence issues. And what's really funny about that and, and kind of fascinating is that some somewhere along the way and somehow we we develop this sense of entitlement like i uh, among other things this entitlement to confidence like just because i'm a human being just because i was born that somehow i feel entitled to be confident about things and the reality is is that you don't get to have confidence just because your heart's beating and there's air coursing through your lungs you have to earn that confidence you have to develop that confidence and so when somebody comes to me and says Man, I don't, I don't, I, there's this woman I really like, and I don't, should I ask her on a date? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I'm not confident with this. Or, I know I want a, a new job, or I want a promotion, or I want a raise, but I, you know, I don't know how to talk to my boss. What should I do? You're not entitled to that confidence. What you need to do is you need to display a level of courage that you haven't done in the past. The way that you get confident with something 
is by doing the very thing that you lack confidence in. So if you have a difficult time communicating with women because you're afraid and you're not confident in it, the very thing that you need to do is communicate with women. If you don't know how to have conversations with other people and that's scary but you recognize you need to be social, how do you build confidence to do it? You force yourself and, and, and gird up your loins, if you will, and display a little bit of courage and go talk to people and be where they are. If you're lacking confidence with your body, it's probably because you're 15, 20, 30, 50 pounds overweight and, and you put on some uh, spare tire and, and you know you aren't where you want to be. And so in order to build that confidence, you have to get into the gym and you have to eat better and you have to go for a run occasionally. And when you do, you get to earn that confidence back. So confidence is earned and it's only earned through displaying courage. Uh, that was possibly one of my favorite answers I've ever heard because I couldn't really think of how I wanted to sell the concept of being next level. And I like that idea of, you know, you're not entitled to it. So you just do it, you earn it. And that is the next level up and then you have to do the next level you have to like well as you say grab your nuts go for the next one you have to do the thing that you want to do and you know i always look at it you're never complete you're there's always another level of something in your life and we have so many roles you know like father protector provider you know lover whatever partner you know that we are never complete but that the journey of this kind of discovery is what we're here for so how important, you mentioned there about like physicality and stuff like that, how important is that? Should we be doing things like MMA, shooting, rugby, you know, is that to replace the, the lost art of hunting and gathering and, you know, working hard? Because we've kind of got into a modern age where, we're, you know, we don't need to do anything, we just sit all day, well, for the majority of us. Uh, yeah, the answer is yes, <laughs> we should do all of that. We should be physical. You know, we're 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 built to be physical. We're built to be strong. We're built to exercise and to run and to hunt and to fight and to do all of these things that the the, the traditional man would do. And there's some some people who say, well, not every man's a warrior. Not every man's this. Not a, you know what? Great. That doesn't matter. Every man should be in shape. And if he's not in shape, he's not going to be able to show up fully in his family. He's not going to be able to show up fully at work. He's not going to be able to show up fully in his community. He's not going to be able to show up fully in his charitable organizations or boards that he belongs to. So so pick something. Like if you, if you think XYZ is important, well, in order to be better at XYZ, you better be in shape. And so there was a time in my life where I was 50 pounds more than I weigh today. And I remember my kids, my two oldest boys, they said, Dad, 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 can we go jump on the trampoline? And I had to look my boys in the eye and say, I'm sorry, guys, I can't. Because I literally could not jump on the trampoline. I was exhausted by the end of the day. And that was the moment that I knew for myself, like, okay, something's got to change. Like, this cannot continue. And so three, three and a half years ago, I started to get back in shape, and I've lost 50 pounds. I've kept that weight off. I'm stronger than I ever have been, even in high school. I've done way more physically demanding tasks and challenges and events than I've ever done in my entire life. And you know what's interesting about that is it permeates across every area of my life, my income level, my sex life, my relationship with my wife and my kids, my ability to participate fully in the community activities that I have going on has all been enhanced because I decided to get my health in check. So yes, it is critical we do these things. And is that, do you think that's the problem is that, you know, we are not men of action anymore and, you know, even just working out in sports is part of that, but 
why are we caring about what other guys think of us? Why are we not just finding our purpose and just going for it? And, you know, how can they get the momentum to start doing these things? Because there'll be some guys listening going, oh, that's great, but... And they have 50,000 excuses. You know, how can how do you tell them to cut through the BS and start working towards, you know, because just getting going, the momentum creates a action, but how can they get going at first? Well, anything that keeps you from what you want is an excuse. So I think first and foremost, you just need to recognize that you are an excuse-making machine. Like you, your whole life, and my whole life, I'm not just calling anybody else out, our lives are designed around re- making excuses for our own inadequacy. And the sooner that we recognize that and the sooner that we realize that, the sooner that we can understand that everything our mind is trying to tell us to do is the exact opposite traditionally and typically of what we should be doing. And everything that you're telling yourself as to why you can't have what you want to have, although it feels so real and it feels so legitimate, is not legitimate. Because if there's one person out there, just one, anywhere on this planet doing what you want to do, then you can't tell me it can't be done. And yet here we are. We talk about our skin color or we talk about our uh, situation growing up without a father or we talk about maybe it's a physical or even mental disability or any number of excuses that we create and craft. And although they may be legitimate and real, there's people out there absolutely crushing every element of life with going through way more difficult trials and tribulations than you ever went through. And yet here we are. Uh, in my case and in my scenario, you know, we, we live in this this great country. I've got all of my health. I've got my family with me. We've got relative health. I've got just an amazing life. Like it just is mind-blowing to me that somebody says they can't have X because whatever, whatever excuse they're crafting. So first and foremost is be real with yourself. Like be truthful with yourself. And take ownership of the fact that the reason you don't have what you want to have is because you're not doing some things that need to be done. And that is the basis. That is the framework and the foundation for all growth in your life is truth. And so you be truthful with yourself, number one. Number two, you don't have to solve world hunger. You don't have to bring peace and stability to the Middle East. You don't need to bring bring even world peace. Like that's not your mission. Your mission is to get out of bed and, and if you want to get in shape, Maybe it's just to do 10 push-ups today, and then tomorrow you can do 11, and the next day you can do 12, and the next day you can do 13. Maybe it's to get out of debt, but all you have is to pay two extra dollars towards paying off your debt. Cool. Start with $2, and then next month you can make it $3. The next month you can make it 5 and the next month you can take it 10 So I think we get ahead of ourselves, and we think, oh, I've got this insurmountable gap that I need to bridge and I don't know how to do it and I don't know I look at Ryan I look at Ian these guys are having success and I want that success and I don't know how to do it dude you and me started somewhere right we started with something small one first step and then when you take that first step that's what lights the path for the next step mm-hmm. but you won't see that next step until you take the first one and it's that moment isn't it it's try to tell people it's like everybody is still scared of things no matter what level of life they're in but the ones who keep moving and keep doing things are the ones that succeed. Um, Steve Cam from Nerd Fitness has a great article on confidence. He's um, called the Berserker Challenge, and it's about taking that 20 seconds just to do that one thing that terrifies you, and how you know, like how the Berserkers used to charge full on into head into battle, and they took that 20 seconds of pure unadulterated confidence, 
and it used to win them the battle, that initial charge. And it's that kind of attitude. It's like we've forgotten how to believe in ourselves. Um, so we're now coming to the favourite part of the interview. I want to find out a bit more about you. So I'm going to throw out some prompts. And if you just come back with the first thing that comes into your mind, for instance, your favourite podcast. Um. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, not, it would probably be that's not your that? own, that's not your own, obviously. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, you know that my favorite podcast right now is probably Star Talk Radio. <laughs> I, I know that's probably completely different than what you've heard, but I have a tendency to consume myself with self help stuff, and it becomes overwhelming. And sometimes I think it's good to unplug and 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 pursue different hobbies and interests and activities. In Star Talk Radio is an astrophysicist. His name is Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he talks about the cosmos and and space and travel and all of this stuff. It's kind of fascinating to me, and that allows me to unplug. So that's my favorite podcast right now. He's de- he's an amazing guy. Um, yeah, so you're familiar with him. Uh, I've been wanting to get him onto the podcast for a while. Uh, yeah. What's um, a bizarre fact about yourself, or uh, unusual that not many people would know? Oh man, um, I'm an open book. That's the hard part. When you get into this space, like you just share everything you have about yourself. Something unusual. I I don't know. I mean, a lot of people know that I d- don't necessarily know that I served in the military. I mean, I guess that's not entirely common. Uh, I we we have a little mini garden and farm over here that we kind of like to to live somewhat off the land and we try to do that a little bit more every single year so i guess a couple of things i i share everything so there's not anything that unusual about me just an ordinary guy and your favorite film favorite favorite film is that what you said Uh, sorry favorite film yeah oh let's see uh i don't watch a whole lot of movies man you're asking me questions it's like i don't know um tombstone maybe braveheart's another one that i really like uh the Patriot is another one I really like. So those are three I can think of right offhand. I don't watch a lot of movies. Uh, I like The Patriot. The Patriot was good. Um, Such a good show. So we're coming up to the last five minutes, and I know you're really pushed for time. I cannot thank you enough for doing this. But um, do you want to just tell my listeners about like the Facebook group and the Iron Council? Because I think they'll get a lot out of this. You know, And how can we keep in touch with you? Because I know sure. so many people will be wanting to follow you now. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so... <clears throat> the the Facebook group is we've got just under thirty thousand guys in that group now, and and man we're just having some incredible conversations about masculinity. I mean you name it we're talking about it. If it pertains to being a man we're we're talking about it. Uh, so if you're interested in that and you want to join that Facebook group, it is it is closed to men only. It's Facebook.com/groups/order-of-man. Uh, that's where you can get access to that. Uh, we can go to orderofman.com. That's our headquarters. So we've got our blog, our podcast. Any events that we may be doing, we just got done a couple of weeks ago with a live event here in southern Utah, which is where I live. Uh, it was incredible, you know, so we've got that. And then to your point, the Iron Council, that's our uh, exclusive brotherhood, and that that's roughly 280 guys right now. And we're having some, yes, great conversations, but we're holding each other accountable to taking action and doing the work in our lives to improve in the relationships and the marriage and the kids and the bank account and the business and the health and every front that we're we're fighting right now yeah i mean i just love your site um i can't stop going into it without opening about 50 tabs and you know listening to your <laughs> podcast i mean i listened to your recent one with brett and it was yes. it was one of the best interviews i've heard in a long possibly ever 
Um, oh, good. I, well, I appreciate that. You know, I really like how you go into it, and it's just straightforward, helpful advice. Um, I mean, I'd love to have you on again at some point soon. Um, can you just... The floor is yours if you want to... I mean, if there's anything that you want to mention, you know, anything that you want people to take from this interview, it's it's open to you. Yeah, well, no, I appreciate that. I think, you know, the biggest thing is anytime I get an opportunity to say something, <laughs> it would always be take action before you're ready. You know, there's just too many guys that are sitting on ideas that are him hawing around, kind of thinking, oh, what should they do? I don't know if I, I don't know if I should move forward with this. What if, what if people ridicule me? What if I get mocked? What if I fail? And we come up with, like we talked about earlier, all of these excuses as to why we shouldn't act. And I'm here to tell you that you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to move forward on that idea, and you owe it to the people that, that are relying upon you, your family and your community and your neighborhood and, quite, quite frankly, the planet. There's somebody out there in waiting for your message. There's somebody out there waiting for my message, and there's somebody out there waiting for you to live the type of life that you were meant to live. They're waiting for you to actually pull the trigger, and until you do, they're always going to live this life of mediocrity, and I think one of the primary responsibilities of men is to lead, and, and, and part of leading is that leaders go first. They don't ask their quote-unquote followers to do something they wouldn't do or haven't done already or on their own, and so I think you've got to go first. You've got to take action. You've got to display courage. You've got to overcome the things that have been holding you back. Uh, I think that's a perfect answer. I mean, it's it's like you're speaking directly to every single person listening because you're taught you're you're confronting our worst demons, that thing that makes us want to sit and do nothing and making us realize we can be better men. And that's a that's a great thing. You know, your site is helping so many people. Um, I just can't thank you enough for doing this. Just keep doing what you're doing. I suppose the only other question I'd have is, do you think all men need a beard? <laughs> no, no. You know, a lot of people ask me that actually. Like, what is masculinity? What What does facial hair have to do with masculinity? It doesn't. You know, if you if you got it, I think here's here's my philosophy about beards. If you can grow a beard, and you have a wife who approves of you growing a beard, then I think you have a moral obligation to grow that for all the men who can't grow a beard and or don't have women in their lives who like beards. So it's kind of like my moral responsibility to do this. I like the justification. I like it. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ryan. I'm sure you've made another barrage of fans. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope to have you on again sometime soon. Ian, appreciate you, brother. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate what you're doing in your work as well. No worries. Have a great evening. Thank you very much for your time. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it. Practice it. Use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit that next level in your life.